Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there. Hi. Hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> and welcome to Two Girls, One Ship, where we review all of your favorite video game romances. I'm your host, Genesis, the girl who can still remember the daunting words of Blue Warrior needs food badly. And I'm Bravada. That reference went over my head. Don't forget, lovely people, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Let's get into today's love interest. But before we get started, if you want to stay spoiler free, then this isn't the podcast for you. We will be talking about specific in-game dialogue, breaking down some of the cutscenes, and doing a full-on character analysis. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks to a certain legend of a human for that notification. Post-recording Paragon Interrupt Mode. Hi guys, it's Genesis, here to tell you you should listen to the end of the episode. We have an extra little surprise for you. Also, just to be on the safe side, we want to give you a content warning for violence and discussion of a fictional depiction of child abuse. Just in case anyone needs that content warning, okay, on to the violent content. Today's episode is on Mass Effect 1's Staff Lieutenant Caden Alenko. He was born in 2151, and in his mid-teens, he went to biotics training school, where he was systematically abused by adults until he accidentally killed one. Yay? After several years of being adrift and unmoored by the events that happened during his schooling, he decided to follow in the steps of his father, and in 2173, he enlisted with the Alliance. So, with the events of Mass Effect 1 taking place in 2183, he's been on active duty for 10 years. He's already a part of the Normandy staff working under Captain Anderson, making him the first squad mate that joins your crew. If he's still around by the end of Mass Effect 3, he is the only companion who served with the commander from before they became a Spectre to when they became the savior of the galaxy. Caden is a romance option for female Shepard only in Mass Effect 1, but by Mass Effect 3, he can be romanced by both male and female Shepard. But for today, we're only talking about the events in Mass Effect 1, so unless noted, today's Shepard is FemShep. Caden is a powerful biotic, despite being implanted with the old unsafe L2 implants. See the Mass Effect lore cast if you want to know more about that. 
He has achieved some of the highest spike outputs of biotic energy ever produced by a human and is a trained combat engineer that specializes in electronic warfare. A full account of Caden's biotic potential is detailed in the comic series called Mass Effect Foundation. After about six months into that brutal training session and being isolated from all outside communication, Caden's closest friend, Rana, decided to grab a glass of water instead of biotically pulling it to her. The Turian instructor, Commander Vernus, biotically broke her arm for the, quote, pathetic gesture. This was the straw that broke the Caden's back. It sent him into a biotic rage that knocked the Turian backwards. Then the grown adult Turian engaged the 17-year-old Caden in a biotic duel. When Vernus drew a knife and sliced Caden in his right side, the human retaliated by warp-blasting the Turian again and jump-kicking Vernus's head while he was down. In the immediate aftermath, a furious Caden found the other students terrified at what he just did. His mood swung from rage to horror when he saw that Vernus had been killed. He tried to approach Rana to see if she was okay, but she refused to let him near her. This didn't affect his mental state at all. Probably. Yeah, so basically since he was 17, Caden has been a biotic badass. In the present day of Mass Effect 1, Caden is a marine, and like any marine, he will tell you how proud he is to be one. I'm allowed to say that because I was in the Navy. He is smart, reliable, and professional. Basically all of the qualities you say you have on your resume. Between his generic buff model body and semi-pompadour hairstyle, his appearance screams, introduce me to your parents. He is somewhat sheltered given his background of growing up in a secret research lab and also usually keeps to himself due to his migraines from his L2 implant. Something interesting about Caden is that despite having such traumatic experiences in an abnormal childhood, he is totally stable and boring in Mass Effect 1. He appears to have completely gotten his shit together, unlike the other companions. By the time that we meet him in ME1, he has a storied military history, although the game lore doesn't go into too much detail. He was cool enough to be hand-selected by Captain Anderson to be a part of Shepard's ground team, so there's that. Caden tends to overanalyze situations and usually focuses on facts over logic and emotions. Caden would rather not focus on his personal issues, but will often comment on the big picture. And... I hear you. It, it just seems like a group that's been around as long as the council should see this coming. And it's funny, we finally get out here and the final frontier was already settled. And the residents don't even seem impressed by the view. Or the dangers. Maybe Caden is just really good at compartmentalizing? Or maybe he's a ticking time bomb? Or maybe he's stable from years of therapy? We'll never know. But if it's that last one, we stand strong emotional intelligence and getting help when you need it. You want to get some fun facts in? Onto the middle of our show with some fun facts about our militant marine. There's nothing confirming this in the lore, but Caden is strongly implied to be Canadian, sometimes sounding nostalgic about Canada. This wouldn't be surprising as Bioware is based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. His last name in particular, Alenko, suggests that he's most likely of Ukrainian origin. 
Katie's voice actor, Raphael Sabarge, is American, and his voice might sound familiar to you if you've played Star Wars Night of the Old Republic. Yeah, um, I'm going to get into some military nerd facts now. Let's talk about his rank, Staff Lieutenant. Like I said before, I was in the U.S. Navy, so I'll be comparing it to the U.S. Marines. According to the Mass Effect Wiki, a Staff Lieutenant is the third rank for officers, which in the U.S. Marines is called a captain, or an O3. In the Navy, it's a lieutenant. Officer ranks go up to nine levels in the Systems Alliance, and Caden's only at the third level in Mass Effect 1. So I'm going to hazard a guess and say that he was prior enlisted, because he's been in for 10 years at this point. Otherwise, did he get demoted? (laughs) Well, that's it for Caden facts that I have. Back to our show. Now I'm trying to think of what Caden would have done to get demoted sleep with his commanding officer Ooh. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, now on to the hopeless romantic bits the analysis of Caden both as a character and his romance good stuff one of his main personal issues in Mass Effect 1 is the fact that he is almost instantly attracted to Commander Shepard And for a buttoned-up professional who strives to do their duty before all else, it's a massive internal struggle. Much of Caden's charm comes from his attempts at restraint. And, like he says to Shepard after the Council refuses to acknowledge the Reaper threat, he always leaves a way out. The way out, in this case, is for Shepard, not for him. He's already falling in love with her at this point. Caden has feelings for Femshep throughout the first game, whether you do romance him or not. And in order to engage in a romance with him, all you have to do is be nice. It's not much different from the R and Ashley. All romances do get more nuanced as the game goes on, but in ME1, it's just talking to them repeatedly and not shying away from the flirtation. For Caden, this manifests as a reserved and restrained military man trying to be professional despite his feelings. Caden tries until the last second to remain professional and not engage with Shep. But it's Shepard who takes charge and attempts their first kiss after the Normandy is grounded before the trip to Ilos near the end of the game. (laughs) But once again, Joker, the king of the clam jammers, hits the renegade interrupt button and pulls them back into the mindset of the mission at hand. Who knew that Joker would be the most professional one on the Normandy? Any resolve Caden had to resist his feelings for Shepard is quickly forgotten, but the romance doesn't really take off in Mass Effect 1. In fact, there are no declarations of love or any indications that they are in love at this point, which are more common in other video game romances, especially from Bioware. Both Shepard and Caden refer to their relationship as whatever this is, which adds a cute high school boyfriend-girlfriend uncertainty to these two mighty military members. Caden could have easily been a stereotypical alpha military man, full of cigarettes or cigars, guns, tattoos, swears, etc. (laughs) Vega. Vega. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, we don't have any stereotypes in Mass Effect, what? (laughs) But instead, we have a tactical genius who is quiet and sensitive. Bioware gave us an introspective and reflective sidekick. This is even more important for female Shepard. It isn't common enough still to see a strong female lead with a male counterpart who is secure in his masculinity, especially 14 years ago when Mass Effect 1 first came out. Can't believe it's been that long. 
at the final romance scene for in Emmy one, Caden says something that really keys us into his character and gives us a possible explanation for why he seemingly has his shit together after everything he's been through. Caden says this, and it kind of pulls at my heartstrings. You're right. About everything. I think about losing you, and I can't stand it. And the galaxy will just keep going. Everything, even the Reapers, will come around again. But you and I, we are important right now. Shepard, you make me feel human. That gasp before he says human? Ugh. Caden probably doesn't feel human that much. As a biotic, he's already on the fringes of human society. Not to mention his powers and unusual use of the L2 implant make him an oddity against biotics as well. Add to this his isolation from regular human society during his school years, his success in the military, and his introverted personality, coupled with his frequent debilitating migraines? This man has got a lot of issues to combat against and he probably doesn't connect with people too often. And then there's Shepard, who becomes an important figure in his life, both professionally and personally. His hesitancy to reciprocate all that flirting could be his desire to adhere to protocol, or perhaps it's protecting himself from the likely scenario that Shepard will leave him too. It's extra depressing knowing what we know of the future events in ME2. Yeah. Poor Caden. I think it's really interesting that he says we are important right now. Nothing has ever been permanent in Caden's life. No one has ever stayed. Caden hasn't had stability in his life at all, but Shepard is proving to be a strong foundation for him. One key aspect of Shepard's leadership, if you're playing Paragon, that is, is that Shepard doesn't treat anyone differently. The Normandy is a collection of misfits that somehow fit together like a puzzle. And that collection only grows in each game. Honestly, all three Mass Effect games are basically the tales of a space road trip, with the whole point of the story not necessarily the destination, but the journey along the way. There are still plenty of people who bitch about where this trilogy ends up, though, which, you know, is now, fair enough. Before we get our weapons overheated, we need to take a minute to discuss how this will actually work. My area of expertise. So, let's break it down. This is straight-up human sex. Nothing too special or groundbreaking with it. No googling required or deep dives into the lore to find out what a human penis looks like. Spoiler alert, I've seen my fair share. But, we do learn in future conversations with my favorite Solarian that some biotic users can have enough control of their skills to manipulate Mass Effect's fields in small precise, and quite pleasurable ways. Caden has shown immense powers, but we don't know if he has that fine motor control skills yet. Or if Shepard has her own biotic abilities. But that would be quite the interesting perk. The scene plays out the same way as Liara and Ashley, having the woman be the initiator in the deep kiss. Then the slow, naked body crawl up the one lying on the bed. But, uh, oh wait, we are the woman in this scene. So if you weren't expecting to see your Shep's naked side boob and half an ass cheek, 
Well, sorry, but it's going to happen. Did you model your femshep to look like your girlfriend? No kink shame here, but your girl going to be naked on screen. Caden's nipples also make an appearance in the sit-up scene, and yeah, okay. I wasn't expecting to tilt my head and see him in a different light like that. They really did do a good job on his body in Legendary Edition. <laughs> Even knowing that this isn't the relationship that I would choose for my Shep, there's something to be said about seeing your man naked, in bed, and fully satisfied. <laughs> Making me blush. I will say, as a chronic Garrus romancer, it is nice to think of a romance where sexually both bodies are biologically compatible. No carapace chafing, allergic reactions, or parts not fitting to worry about with Caden and Shepard. However, Caden overall, but especially Mass Effect 1, is the definition of overlooked. He is overshadowed by Liara's romance in Mass Effect 1, although all romances in Mass Effect 1 aren't nearly as fleshed out as in the following games. And he is one of two companions that can die in Vermeer, so he may not even be present for the rest of the trilogy. Caden is willing to stand in the long shadow cast by Shepard's presence, the expectations others have had for him, and even deny himself love because he hasn't been worthy of anything but fear as a powerful biotic. It kind of makes me sad for the Cadens that exist in the playthroughs that didn't get romanced. He fades into the background and is easily forgotten. But really, there's a lot there. Caden is a good man. Okay, V, it's time to rate the biotic boyfriend. On a scale of 1 to 10 eggplants, what's your rating? (laughs) Hmm, well, I'm going to be honest. Until I did some extra research on Caden for this episode, I really just looked at him as the human equivalent of an elimination diet. He is just so bland and uninteresting. Although I've read a few posts on various sites of fangirls making impassioned arguments for his supposed snark and saying things without saying them shit. Maybe. And I don't hate the guy, but he gives off lost puppy vibes. After the sex scene and pretending that we don't know Shepard's about to die in the beginning of Mass Effect 1, I feel like Caden would be clingy once he finally got someone stable in his life. I don't know. This may just be my military background talking, but it's just kind of icky to fraternize. I personally give Caden 3 out of 10 eggplants for Mass Effect 1, and two of those eggplants are strictly based on his great hair. Please don't come for me, Caden romancers. I really am so happy for you guys. You don't need a Benadryl to bang your boyfriend. What do you think, Jen? (laughs) I assume Morden prescribed the Benadryl? (laughs) Mm, Of course. Of course. Hmm. A rating for Caden's eggplant. I mean, I'm assuming he's packing heat. The real thing is, is that doing all this research on him really did make me, you know, actually pay attention to him. I'm also leaning towards the idea that if I were to have a brain wipe and play Mass Effect for the first time today, would I pick Caden over Liara? Because I wouldn't know what happens in 2 or in 3 or who my options were. (sighs) Would I pick Caden? And I think I would. 
I think I would give Fem Shep and Caden in Mass Effect 1 standing on their own an 8. Wow. 8 out of 10 eggplants. You can make a whole Parmesan. <laughs> I will say at least two of those points are those abs. Yeah. Gotta have those abs. Oh, and then an extra point for his nips. It's hard to get abs, at least visible abs. Proud of you, Kate Malenko, working out. Next week, we'll be discussing if your shepherd can make the third romance option feel worthy enough to be loved. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review and subscribe. You can find me in our Two Girls, One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel. And come give us a follow on all the social medias at Two Girls, One Ship, all one word. Links to those are in the description. Genesis, what's your plug? My brain just went really dirty on the word plug. <laughs> oh God, I know. I've, I thought it too. I thought it too. <laughs> but you said it, so. <laughs> I know. Oh, but you can find me on the Robots Radio Discord as well. And don't forget that we will be right here streaming each of the recording of all for future episodes on Twitch at Two Girls, One Ship every Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, and releasing the podcast episodes on Sundays. Thanks for listening, everyone. That and remember is in the eye of the controller. V, I love you. I love you, too. It was. That was so fun. I even forgot to ask oh. you about your name, though. <laughs> I mean, we're at, you like, almost ask me minutes. about my name? That's good. <laughs> Yeah, tell us Genesis. Tell us, tell us the genesis so of your name. What genesis. This document is titled "Is the Genesis of Genesis." <laughs> Ooh, right. Oh my gosh, great minds think alike. <laughs> oh, the same wavelength, I swear. Oh, bye. Thanks, PFA Paulo. P. I don't know. How do you say that? PFA Paulo. Paulo for Paulo. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Said I bye. hope you stick around because this one's actually a pretty damn good story. And I'm going to actually move this <laughs> so that way I can watch your face while I'm telling this story. Oh, good, good. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> oh, the Genesis of Genesis. Back in the mid-2000s, I was venturing out in life for the first time. I got my first job on my future career path started college classes and moved out of my parents' house and in with my forever and just in general learning how to adult. Being out in the real world for the first time and wanting to be a badass bitch, I started looking for femspirations. Who else has dominated their career, changed the world, but started from humble beginnings? After watching a movie she was in, I thought not only is this woman gorgeous, but her charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent were really intriguing in the movie. I had a poster of this chick on my wall in my bedroom. I bought the DVD and magazines where she was on the cover and had done interviews. I found her autobiography and read it cover to cover multiple times. Her book detailed a shocking history and a real insider's guide to the secret workings of a billion-dollar industry. This babe started at a bar and worked her way up to be one of the top-paid female artists in her industry, 
She then later went on to own her own production company, directing, producing, and starring in some of her own films. Absolutely unheard of at the time. She started at a bar in Vegas, and she used the stage name of Genesis, a play on her name and the fact that she was just starting her career. I fell in love with the name and have used it as my gamer name, my D&D sexual harassment cleric, and almost every cell phone game I've ever played. Any guesses on who my dream girl was? My inspiration and who I strive to be? I'm so bad at guessing. Now I'm anxious. I don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) Oh no, who is it? (laughs) Put me out of my misery. The book that I read was... (laughs) How to Make Love Like a Porn Star, A Cautionary Tale by Jenna Jameson. Oh, see, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> That's so awesome. So I was, you know, when you before you said, like, she started mm-hmm. in Vegas. Yeah, and, follow, got like, it right. Um, all the other stuff, or that her stage name, I was like, I was like, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez? Like, it has to be mm-hmm. Jennifer or something, yeah. right? Because Genesis... Um, but then I was like, no, it's not Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> so Paula was, gets internet points. That. I'm so proud of... Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm very proud of them. Good job, Pia Apollo. Yeah, she's I changed never quite a known. bit since then, and I don't align with her political views or most of her lifestyle choices. So full disclaimer on that, and honestly, it's been more than a few years since I've looked at any of her posts, so she might have changed again. But back in the days before the drugs and Tito Ortiz... She was totally my idol. She's the yeah. most famous porn star ever, according she to the Apollo. She really, really is. Her and Asia Carrera really changed the game. Yeah. The only, like, porn-adjacent story that I have is, because um, I grew up in Los Angeles, <laughs> and back when Chatsworth, which is a city out there, was, like, the porn capital of California, or maybe the nation, I don't know. Um, and Ron Jeremy, like, harassed my mom, <laughs> which we all know is definitely in, in line with his character. Now very we, much. He's very finally much being brought to justice. But yeah. So that's the only, the only story I have about that. But I don't know if anyone's guessed that yet. Like, I am the research lady, so... I also watch documentaries for fun. Um, do you watch documentaries do, for fun? I do, but mine, I oh, focus yeah, on um, like industries that I'll never, or things that I'll never be a part of. So I, oh yeah, I love <laughs> my most recent one have been like prison documentaries, like Jailbirds. Oh, and, good. oh, my dinner just showed up. Thank you, Rex. <laughs> Room service. <laughs> That's this nice. one is probably $10,000 in one night. Man, if I was in my youth still, maybe I would have done that to make some money instead of the military. Which, you know, just gave me free college, but it also, like, broke my body. So, <laughs> yeah, pros and cons. And to bring it all back to Mass Effect 1, <laughs> that was my daughter. And I lovingly call her Rex. Hmm. I love Rex so much. She's my little Krogan. 
My little Krogan. Little battle turtle. <laughs> battle turtle baby. All right. But yes, let's officially wrap this up for the night. We not only want to thank uh, P.F. Apollo. It's supposed to. I love how everyone loves ah, Battle Turtle. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the streams. Our moderators that were on tonight were Streamlab stickers. And it should have given the followers notifications. So I will work on that. We currently have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine followers Imperial Wolf, Trantelier, Muffiny Cake, and Seven the Legend. Switch in bed. Does it count if I follow myself? Mm, I follow us too. Vervada. <laughs> <laughs> Vervada follows me. Hey. Uh, Lucy J R O B Y N Jabron. Lucy Jabron. The Almighty Crit. And P F Apollo. Thank you, everyone. Hopefully, you enjoy the it. legend himself. Yes, considering Mr. Legend himself just DM'd me. Why aren't you on my stream, bro? We totally could keep talking on tangents. I mean, I will cut the episode right after I say these words. We have a huge shout out also to Miracle of Sound for giving us free license and reign to use all of any and all of their music. Uh, the sound clip for our intro and outro music is from the song Take It Back and is freaking amazing. Um, the fact that Bioware sponsored the song, let him use any in-game footage he wanted to for the music video. It's amazing. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the episode. N7 The Legend did end up joining us on our live stream for the night. We had a really good conversation about a whole bunch of Mass Effect. So we decided to record the audio and we will be producing it as a bonus episode sometime in the near future. So make sure that you are subscribed and that you're following us on all the socials so you'll get that bonus episode right as it releases. Thanks, everyone. And have a fantastic day. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.